Welcome to a new episode of Craft Beer Conversations, where the beer and the conversations always on me. Sports and beer, they just make sense together, like Ross and Rachel, but without the drama. Here in Metro Detroit, the craft beer boom has been unmistakable, so too has the rise of Detroit City Football Club. While the rise of the two in the area aren't linked, it's no coincidence they both shot to popularity. What does Detroit love the most? Detroit, flat out. Detroit City FC is built on a community rooted in the city. Keyworth and Hamtramck is their temple. Craft Beer 2 is about community support and togetherness. What do you get when you put craft beer and soccer together? Yet another collaboration between Brew Detroit and Detroit City FC. This year's iteration, a crushable IPA smoke delay, paying homage to the colorful smoke that fills the sky around Keyworth on match day. I went to the Detroit City Clubhouse to meet with Detroit City FC co-owner Sean Mann to take a look behind the curtain. Sean, craft beer is very much about community, right? And y'all soccer folks know a lot about the value of community. Yeah, I, um, I would say I've always felt that uh, soccer, in particular lower division soccer, is really kind of the equivalent, sporting equivalent of craft brew. Uh, it's local. Uh, it has its own distinct kind of nature to it, um, you know, and it speaks to a community um, as opposed to, you know, kind of just broad, generic corporate. And look, I'll admit I'm relatively ignorant when it comes to, to soccer, but I mean, is this, we're in the clubhouse right now, and obviously it has dual purpose, right? I mean, this is a working soccer facility, but it's also a place where people can, can hang out, right? So, I mean, is this, is this a soccer pub? Is this a football pub? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so where we're at right now is Detroit City Clubhouse. It's a 200-seat, normally, pre-COVID, uh, right. bar, restaurant in the middle of Detroit City Fieldhouse, which is a 75,000-square-foot um, formerly hockey facility that we've converted into an indoor soccer uh, sports facility. And so right in the middle of it's the bar overlooking the two fields. And, and this is really the hub of operations for DCFC on non-match days. Our offices are here, our club shops here, the team comes here every morning, the men's team comes here every morning. Uh, they have breakfast, they go to the stadium or they train here, they come back here for lunch. Which smells delicious, by the way. Yeah, so, right. So yeah, the clubhouse by day is the dining hall for the team uh and then at nights and weekends it's open to the public and i joke that's kind of a you know a modern day elks lodge where you know if you're a dcfc fan you can come in here on a night or weekend and you're gonna bump into other fans uh other supporters um, in addition nights and weekends we run adult and youth soccer leagues or different sports as well uh and so this is kind of a gathering place for teams afterwards to grab a bucket of beers and hang out so then like how important is it for this space to exist, right? I mean, like a slice, a piece of your own, right? Not only not only is it for the team, but it's for the supporters, right? It goes back to that sense of community where you, I mean, you could build the community with Le Rouge without this, but with this, it's like a rocket booster. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it really is the hub of, you know, the club. And I say the club, not just like the people who work for the team, but really, you know, the supporters, the community that really drives this uh, organization. And so, you know, this is a place for people to come and gather and watch matches together. But also, you know, there's so much work that our supporters do uh, preparing for every game. The, the TIFOs, the big banners you see, the smoke, all the charitable work they do, they really – they gather here and they plan all that. And that is really kind of the vision for it. And that's why I joke that's kind of like the old school, you know, service, you know, yeah. lodges and whatnot. It's the modern equivalent of that. So 
tell me about the smoke delay itself, right? We'll get to the beer, but like, just tell me about the the, the, the physical act of having the smoke delay before. Because <laughs> I mean, for people that haven't seen it, whether it's in, in a picture or in person or in video, I mean, it, it's something else, man. It's spectacular. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that DCFC has is a very unique uh, match day, game day atmosphere. Uh, and it's what, you know, while we'll, we don't have or have a hard time imagining us ever having players paid tens of millions of dollars a year uh, and, you know, we're not on ESPN every night, um, what we do provide is a very memorable experience and uh, an accessible experience. And, you know, I think the way we've approached things is both pragmatic but also what we wanted to see. And so as an organization, we consider ourselves the host of the party and the fans are the life of the party. You know, we don't have cheerleaders. We don't have uh, flamethrowers. You know, we don't even have a marching band or anything like that. It's, you know, the atmosphere is entirely driven by the fans uh, and our supporters. And uh, one of the things that they've done from the very beginning is they, they set off smoke, um, both the beginning of the game, a celebration, to close out the last five minutes of the game, and it's become one of the calling cards of uh, the club. And uh, occasionally uh, that smoke has drifted onto the field and caused a delay in play. Uh, and so it only adds to the theatrics, it only adds to the atmosphere. Uh, and, uh, and so that was, you know, when we were working with Brew Detroit on the, the beer this year, uh, you know, we put it out to a contest for the fans to vote on, and that was a name that caught on was Smoke Delay IPA. I did I do news now, but I did Sports Talk Radio for many years. I got to wonder, that Smoke Delay, it's got to be a little intimidating too, right? Um, for the yeah. opponent? I mean, you're standing there and, like, all of a sudden, like, this sweeps across and, I mean. Yeah, I think, um, you know, referees – you know, this is our 10th season. I think referees in the beginning didn't know what to do with it. I think now they're quicker to like put a pause and play and let it drift off. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess enough years have passed, but like there's been a few occasions where we definitely benefited from, uh, you know, and to the point of getting a game tying or winning goal because uh, it did obstruct a view. But uh, anymore, uh, I think refs know to pause. And, and really, I think. Uh, you know, it's more the very intimate nature of Keyword Stadium where we play in Hamtramck and the fact that, you know, pre-COVID, you got 7,000 fans just right on top of the action. If anything, that's what makes it so memorable for, you know, visiting teams. Yeah, I mean, it's what what the, the supporters do is unbelievable, whether it's on match day or outside of it. And you mentioned Brew Detroit and the Smoke Delay is their new release and you guys have partnered with them. It's not the first time. You've done this. Besides proximity, right? What makes you guys a good match with Brew Detroit? Oh, um, I mean, I think you know we consider ourselves the the kind of the team that represents this entrepreneurial moment in Detroit. Um, you know, we're a startup uh, ourselves, and so we're always looking to try new things and do things slightly differently. And uh, you know, Brew Detroit's been you know very uh, creative and exciting, and like really kind of just putting themselves out there, trying to try new stuff. And so I think that's something we you know uh, you know can relate with. How do you guys come up with the beer itself? I mean, obviously they brew it, but I mean, do, are you guys involved in the process of deciding uh, what it's going to be? Um, I, to be honest, like what we told them was like we want something that's uh, tasty and that you can comfortably drink a lot of. Make uh, me a good beer, go nuts. Yeah, um, I think the term "slammable" was uh, thrown around. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so they've uh, come back to us with various tastes, and uh, you know, I think we've got a product that people are going to enjoy. We talked about community, and we keep coming back to it. How does a partnership like this 
tether you to the community. You talk about that entrepreneurial spirit. You talk about linking up with, with good companies that have the same thought process. How does that help you guys dig in? And I mean, you said it, you're 10 years in. It's not as if you're nuking on the block anymore, but still forging those partnerships, I would think, is valuable. It's not just about making dollars on the beer or putting a cool label on it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it goes back to... You know um, how we approach things is just being slightly different. It's about being accessible. Um, the reason this club has grown like it has is because there's a sense of ownership uh, among the people, the supporters, the community. Um, you know, we wouldn't exist without them, and that, and their contribution is reflected in the product of the club, and and that is translated to you know these beers that we've made with Brew Detroit. The the beer we had last year, which unfortunately because of COVID we didn't have in stadiums. You know, the branding and title of that, uh, "Bring Out Your Dead," like was an inside joke among our supporters, right? And then even this year, the title, um, you know, the the branding of the beer was based on the fan vote. So I think that's what, um, you know, everything that our club does, you know, it's based on feedback that we get from fans. And, and that's part of this bar here is that, like, you know, myself and the other owners, like, if you come in here on night or weekend, like, chances are you're going to bump into us and, like, you can tell us your mind. <laughs> and, you know, and that usually has an impact on the direction when the club takes. Well, I, just, I was just going to say it sounds like you guys don't do too much without, I don't know if it's the approval, but without the input or the feedback of the fans, the supporters, right? I mean, it's like you, you all are in lockstep. That doesn't happen a lot. Sometimes there's... Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, uh, you hate to say customer service because that, like, trivializes it. I think it is, um, I, I think we've shown time and time again that, like, people feel free to, like, share their opinions with us, and that does have an impact, and, and that feedback is registered. And, uh, you know, we're far from perfect. We make quite a few mistakes along the way over the years, and, uh, you, know, you know, we've always been receptive to that kind of feedback um, and just, yeah, it helps chart the course for creating something that people associate with and not just associate with, but like, or feel that connection to that they dedicate so much time and energy into it and, and its success. What do you want? What do you want people to think when they hear Detroit city football club? Right. I mean, I, I don't know about a mission statement, but I mean, like you guys have done such a good job of ingraining yourselves, what do you think, how did that reflect, right? Like, when people hear those terms, like, what do you want them to? Yeah, I, I think they, I want them to think that we're Detroit soccer team, and I want the emphasis to be on Detroit. Like, I want it to be, feel local, I want it to feel special to them, um, and I want them, in that sense, to care as much about, like, the success of the club as they do the success and, you know, how much they care about their civic pride. What's the relationship like between the I'm a little off topic here, but my podcast. What's the relationship between the players and the fans? Because you guys are constant, right? And some of the players have, are, are more uh, stable here than others. Some come and go, yeah. but you guys are the real constant. So I just wonder what it's like with the rotating cast of characters. I mean, that goes back to speaking about like the just insane support that uh, that surrounds this team. That's so unique. Uh, you know, I think and professional sports in particular but like you know our supporters like actually like reach out to the players and like prepare home cooked meals for them and like drop off groceries for them and touch do wellness checks and just especially those new guys who are moving the to town from you know texas california or whatever which is you know more than half our squad is from outside the metro detroit area so um you know it's that level of like 
support, um, you know, that love that I think is the reason why we attract the caliber of players that we do. Uh, that reputation is built up over time. I mean, and in return, the fans get a level of access that you would not get if this were a tier up or two tiers up, right? And I don't say that disparaging when it comes to tiers, but, like, you know, if this was an MLS club and we're talking about the Galaxy, like, you're not dropping off. You're not dropping off food at, at Beckham's house. Right, right. That's yeah. not happening. Yeah, I mean. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like, you see on, you know, yeah, that level of connection, whether, you know, these days because of social media, because of, like, COVID yeah. and everything like that. But, um, you know, like, we have uh, parents of some of our players who are here at the clubhouse and now, like, hang out with the supporters and are, like, friends with them, right? Like, you know, it, it is it's such a community. It's, you know, it's hard to really capture, like, that level of connection. Lake Rouge is coming off. You won an ISA Legends Cup just a few weeks ago. Matter of fact, it was last week. Mm-hmm. You're coming off the Fallen Independent Cup Championships. I mean, <laughs> now what? I mean, you guys are on fire. I mean, yeah. on, on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, on the men's side, um, you know, we've really established uh, a winning culture uh, thanks to Trevor James, our head coach, and Tiffany Ebert, our assistant general manager. And, you know, that, that's really that kind of professional atmosphere around here. And so, um, you know, I think some people think that our games are just a party and, you know, whatever. And, and they are, they're a great time. Um, but the product on the field just keeps getting better and better. And so, you know, the expectation is that we win trophies and, you know, in the last, what now three seasons, we've been in five competitions and we've won four of them. Right. And, uh, and we're just going to keep, you know, raising that bar um and uh and so yeah uh it's an exciting time and then on top of that um you know the women's team is getting their first proper season in uh first home game is may 15th those are already sold out for games in may um and so you know same thing um you know trying to treat while that team is technically amateur we're treating it uh, as a professional operation and similar expectations that you know if you're wearing that crest that detroit city crest that you're going to go out and give it your all and get results, you know, for these fans. How does that expansion to having a woman's side deepen, like, who you guys are and what you do? I, I, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we called ourselves a club because that's kind of the nomenclature used for soccer. Um, but I don't think that truly became uh, appropriate until we had the women's side. And, you know, and there's work to be done there. Uh, there's disparities between, you know, the levels on the men's side and the women's side. Um, you know, we strive to get the women's side up to the professional ranks as quickly as possible. Uh, but over time, we now have uh, over 2,000 kids in Metro Detroit uh, who play for our youth teams. And, you know, frankly, half of them are girls, and they deserve to have a team to look up to the same way the boys do. Uh, and, you know, have that same dream of playing at Keyworth and throwing thousands of fans. And, and that's something that our fans were expecting and I know that they're going to rally behind. And so that same atmosphere, you know, that same kind of intensity, uh, the smoke, the TIFOs, everything you see for the men's team, you're going to see for the women's team, if not more. Do you expect when we're in, I know you can't predict the future, but when we're in non-COVID times, do you expect 7,000 people for the women too. I mean, I just wonder because when we talk about amateur sports, like I mean, that that's a hefty number. Yeah, I mean that's what men or women. Yeah, I mean that's what we're doing for the men's side. I, um, I mean, COVID was such a roller coaster, and uh, you know there were so many different moments over the last fourteen months that will stick with me. But the one that like I'll never forget was um, 
the women's team played a very limited season, um, and we hosted our first ever women's game. It was a beautiful July night. We played uh, a team from Lansing that we used to play on the men's side, um, and we're playing them. You know, so it's, our jerseys have played each other many times over the years, and it was a beautiful night. And I sat there looking at my partner, and I was just like, "We would have had seven thousand people in the stands here. Like, there's no doubt about it in my mind." Um, and that was, uh, you know, pretty crushing. So I'm excited to. Yeah, see the fans show up this year um, for the women, and you know we're gonna get to that seven thousand number. Uh, and I think, you know, in doing so, uh, I think we'll redefine in some small way, like you know what support for women's soccer looks like in this country. That was my conversation with Detroit City FC's Sean Mann. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss anything across the Metro Detroit craft beer landscape and beyond. Plus, you can always follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Zach E. Clark, Zach with an H always, on Instagram at The Brew Man Chew and TikTok at Brew Man Chew to see what I'm up to. 